Hello, I'm Dan Aykroyd, and welcome to this fine motion picture emporium. It's nice to know you're here tonight, rather than at home shoving cheap little plastic cartridges into cheap imported video systems that keep you and your family hostage in your own home or apartment. Now, let's face it, big screen entertainment is what it's all about. We've enjoyed it for years. Movies are great. There's nothing like a good movie, or even a bad one for that matter. Go. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. Uh. <laughs> We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. Uh. I'm Joe Spiegel, and sitting across from me is the Mike Sutherland, the the Mum Sutherland. <laughs> As you you could obviously tell, I think that uh, this is our mummy, 2017. Yes, that's they could tell that just by. The stupid noises I've been making. <laughs> you know, I still haven't seen the Boris Karloff one, the classic. So I don't know if he makes sounds or not. Does he make sounds? I don't know. Because I, I wonder if that came from that. Like, I don't yeah, know, that's where it came from. Shaun of the Dead. Not the fact that it was mummies or uh, zombies, you know, and the zombies making these stupid voices. It came right from 1932's The Fucking Mummy. Oh, mum's the word, I guess. All right. <laughs> Fucking bugs. No, there is no bugs. Oh yeah, I'm just I'm tripping balls. You are. I'm <laughs> just tripping. There aren't gnats flying at my face. There aren't. Indoors. All the time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> my mom had that poster. All right. Seven percent to this day, seven percent say this movie. They did not like this movie. Yeah, it's got like a ninety-three percent approval rating on. Hey, no one tri- tripped about that whitewashing, did they? Him playing Imhotep. I'm sure they did. <laughs> Shut up and get back to work. <laughs> That would have been the response back then. This movie's only an hour long. Yeah, it was like 72 minutes or something. Yeah, hour and 36 seconds. Uh, it's cut short because the one I saw on the um, thing of thing is, yeah, it's right there. It's running time, 113.32. You said 76. I said like 76 minutes or 74 minutes or something, so. The awful. I would feel it if you'd shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are not, my love. Memory. By the way, this this version of the Mummy was the remake in 1999, 67 yeah. years later. Yeah, the Imhotep, without the screaming. <laughs> Buried alive, love, Buried live, alive. lube, for over 70 years. Oh, must be the curse. So, all right, there you go, the Mummy. All right, so we're going to be talking about that fine piece of uh, Tom Cruise uh, accentuated art, <coughs> and uh, we'll also talk about my uh, my my solo flick of the week. Which is going to be the 2015 Antoine Fuqua directed film, Southpaw. Okay. Um, and then uh, we'll talk about some movie trailers out there. No, we're going to do the pitch. You pitch your bitch. I don't fucking know. You know exactly what we're doing on this podcast because... I, I don't know shit. I, was, I thought I was typing and I was fucking broadcasting it and now apparently we're doing both, so... We're going to be doing some. We're going to be bringing back idea, man, but we're calling it the pitch. Yeah, my brain fart. My brain farts are stinky. So, all that and more on Cinescape Magazine's movie reviews, and then some. Show, take it away. Imhotep, Tom Cruise. Uh, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, how you doing? 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 All right, let's do it. All right, so Mike and I, we went and saw the the new Mummy remake because this week, 
there wasn't really anything else out that we wanted to see. Well, there was It Comes at Night, which is funny because it's getting high critic regard, but it's not. But with uh, people, they're half and half on it. Like there was, I heard that one screening, everyone booed it. By the end, <laughs> give me the Homer Simpson. I did that to my daughter the other day with the with the Homer Simpson thing. I I just kept hitting repeat on the boo. She's like, "What the hell? Are you t- <laughs> boo, boo, boo!" All right. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, we decided to see the Mummy, of course, because you know we're we're so mainstream, aren't we? Yes. Yes. Oh, well, that's also a lot easier <laughs> to see a mainstream movie when it comes out in wide release than if uh, a movie's only coming out in one theater that only has one screen. You know, like like tower theater or you know little indie houses like that right this makes it a little easier so we saw the mummy i i did not have any high hopes for it as anyone could tell that that might have read my my piece of shit prediction for the movie uh you could tell i i was not i had no hopes for it none it was i i i fucking i look i i don't want to hate movies going into them i don't but there's certain ones that i just you fucking set it you set the precedent with your shitty trailers or your or your pre or the films before you know like with transformers or whatever i i'm going i'm going into it wanting to fucking hate it now mm-hmm. most of the time i don't but this one i wanted to fucking hate it because the trailers seemed like it was just i don't know the trailers just made me want to hate the fucking movie i, I don't feel like getting into the goddamn trailer but i would have to say that like a like a like a cinnamon Pepsi <laughs> article, I was pleasantly surprised. What? You remember what you re- you fucking read me the Pepsi Fire thing? Yeah. So fucking. Pack what me. does that have to do with? I was pleasantly surprised. No, the dude hated it. I I but he said pleasant for at first he said pleasantly some bullshit. I, fuck you, man. And when the fucking Pepsi opened, it was the same pleasant sound of the oh, which makes no sense. And then every other fucking sentence was him making an analogy. All right, so I wasted all of our times with that. Yeah. <laughs> so Yes, you did. Shut up, Mike. Shut up. Nobody likes you. <laughs> There's it's true. So yeah, we we <laughs> I, I like you, Mike. <laughs> Lies. You just said nobody likes me. I, I I'm somebody. I said nobody. Nobody. That came out today on Blu-ray. I didn't buy it though. Yet. Swedish dicks. No, Zandvik Bardu. No, Bardu. Okay, he's good to duh you in. That was bad. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Anyway, this new mummy is actually better than I thought. I was. I was. I gave it credit for. I was ready to just start laughing throughout the whole entire movie at how shitty it was going to be, and instead. I, I I think I looked over at you when the movie was over and I gave you the, the Robert De Niro, you know, the, yeah, all right, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, it just, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't... It wasn't shitty. The, the, it wasn't the, great. The hatred for this movie is, I can kind of understand it, but it seems way exaggerated. No, we'll get into it, though. No, we're getting into it now. <laughs> so, Apparently not. You keep fucking... Monologuing. I um before right the, the day the movie came out or the day that we went to go see it, I watched the nineteen ninety nine or yeah the nineteen ninety nine mo- movie just so I'd have it fresh in my head because I wanted to see if there was any comparisons uh, when I was watching the movie, but um I only needed to watch that one because there's no way I'm going to watch the Mummy Returns and Tomb of the Dragon Emperor all in the same fucking day. I was so tempted to watch all three of these movies. Like I said in my POS is that that the Mummy Returns half of it is good. Mix and match some parts here and there, take some things out. I liked it. It was fun. But other parts were fucking, dude, rush CG. Everyone knows that shit. But, and then the Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, we, I think we both fell asleep watching that shit. So, no, yeah. I left 
at the beginning of the movie. Oh, you left. Okay, well. Literally just drove out of the fucking drive-in theater. Yeah, and then the, I didn't even bring up. It wasn't a drive-in, it was a drive-out. I didn't even bring up the Scorpion King. That fucking movie. All the, <laughs> a bunch of motherfuckers in English, or a bunch of motherfuckers in, uh, what was it? Uh, 3,000 years ago or two or 3,000 years ago in Egypt and they all got English accents you know British accents I well bugs the fuck out of me I, the villain's a white guy like, oh well they well they might have immigrated you know conquerors and this that not like, fuck you stop it no quit gods and kings in it anyways right <laughs> like that was the only bad thing about the Scorpion King uh, dude I just Actually, I will say this. The first part of the movie made me think it was going to really suck, too, was when it did the um, the flashback of how Amonet, instead of, you know, Imhotep, becomes the mummy. That just, that part, the whole scene right there was was like a, I don't know, it was like a weaker, a weaker delivered version of the intro to The Mummy 1999. You know, because that that one also did the same thing. It did the introduction of Imhotep and how he became, you know, becomes the mummy, right? Right. That to me, this time it seemed weaker. But then all of a sudden, you then you have the mummy title, and it cuts into the Tom Cruise shit, and then it then it's not a mummy movie anymore. This is not a fucking mummy movie. You can call it the mummy. You can wrap it up a little bit, but it's still not a fucking mummy movie. It this is a Tom Cruise movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. <laughs> so it's. It was difficult to to really get a feel on it when we were watching it because it I didn't understand I didn't know what the movie was going to what it was trying to be you know what I mean it well all when it's all said and done of course I know what it's trying to be it's trying to be a Tom Cruise movie but it's also it's Mission Impossible that's what it is it's Mission Impossible with you know the same shit over and over again. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I will accept Tom Cruise running in films since 1991. Yeah, it might as well have been a fucking Uncharted. It might as well have been Uncharted movie, but with you throwing the mummy into it, into the storyline or something. It, it, yeah, it's just. I think that if you don't try to think of this as a mummy movie, it's a it's a it's a it's a middle ground summer fun movie. That's that's it. I guess. Uh, but when you but when you know it, look. The, here's the problem: is that. You're going to call this movie The Mummy. And also, you're going to make this the introductory film because they abandoned it. They they abandoned the Dracula Untold thing as being the introductory film to this new darker universe, they right? They haven't abandoned it. Okay. They just haven't done they, anything with it. They said that Dracula Untold was now not, it's now not canon. I, I, just, I, I don't buy that, so whatever. Well, what I, uh, By the way, this movie is is uh, a throwback to Blood from the Mummy's Tomb, which is loosely based on Bram Stoker's novel, The Jewel of the Seven Stars. Um, If you want to really connect things, Uh. Blood from the Mummy's Tomb was was made in 1971. It was released as the support feature to Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde. Okay. If you really want to connect things together, because Dr. Jekyll's in this movie, right? Yeah. (coughs) An expedition... Locates the unmarked tomb of Terra, an evil Egyptian queen. A cabal of priests drugged her into a state of suspended animation and buried all of her evil relics with her. Prepare Sound for familiar? the ultimate Terra. Fuchs is obsessed with Terra and takes her mummy and sarcophagus back to England, where he secretly recreates her tomb under his house. Four days before her birthday, his daughter, who bears an uncanny resemblance to Terra, was born at the instant they recited her name as recurrent. Whatever, that doesn't matter. Um, Queen Terra's evil power begins to tempt Margaret as she learns how 
She feared, she's feared by her father's former colleagues. So we have an evil mummy queen who goes back to England to rain hell on everybody in England, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, and uh, there's also an ancient dagger. <laughs> At the last moment, let's see. Um, uh, Korbeck wants to restore Terra to life, and he persuades Margaret to help him gather the missing relics. The problem is each one is given up. The each time one is given up, the person who held it dies. Uh, when all, when they have all the relics, let's see. What are the relics? They don't even tell you what the fucking relics are. Um, Infinity stone. Yeah. So there's an ancient dagger. There's uh there's uh all sorts of different relics and um a queen uh mummy, okay? But if you look at the poster where it has, you know, all the girls on it and then there's a hand. Yeah. See the jewel on the hand? Yeah. Very similar to the jewel that was that Tom Cruise tried to steal. That goes into the dagger. No. It was very similar to the jewel that Tom Cruise tried to steal. Which is a ring on someone's finger. Okay. If you notice. Okay. Yeah, I remember. The the thing that was on the dagger is the eye of Horus. So because you spent like an extra ten minutes of investigation, you found out that this movie has more than one connection or one um, piece of other mummy films. Correct. The, like I said, this is basically the Blood from the Mummy's Tomb remake. All right. So with a few different. I guess things. you could take it, take it however you want to take it. it. You know, like oh, that's cool. Because it's using all these other elements, you know, but keeping everything cool, connected in a way. But at the same time, the, the execution. <laughs> well, it's not really connected because that was a Hammer film. And this is not a Hammer film. This is a Universal film. Well, fine. But you can tell that but off of what you just read, that there's, you can tell that they grabbed some elements. Yeah. Okay. That uh, would, Normally I'd say, well, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but kind of think you relied a little too much and didn't do anything for yourself except what, what we get. My biggest problem with this is the tagline, or, or the 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 taglines that they keep that they keep using, which is, you know, horrors beyond human imagination or human yeah. comprehension. Yeah. Like no, no, there isn't horrors beyond human comprehension. The thing about this fucking movie is she she does the same thing as Imhotep. Yeah. By killing and sucking souls out of people and then resurrecting them, uh-huh. and then there's a sandstorm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, they, that, that was they didn't use any of the seven deadly plagues, which is mostly a god thing, but still, it's it's part of Egyptian lore. Yeah, you know, or it's ten plagues. I'm sorry, it's the ten plagues of Egypt. Yeah, you're right. Didn't do any of that. It, instead, it was just she pops out for a quick second, then they fucking grab her by the the prodigium, grabs her. Yeah, and then they start putting mercury into her again. Right, and then she breaks free one more time. Right, and then they get her, they fight her, they have a big battle. Tom Cruise is a god now. The movie's over. Right. <laughs> Tom Cruise. Thanks for bringing me back from the dead, dude. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Donald Trump. (laughs) That's it. This, yeah, this. Look, you can you can call it a mummy movie. It's not. It's not a mummy movie. It's not. This is uh, this is a Tom Cruise movie, which is also an introduction to what else he's going to be doing in this monster universe that they're doing. It's a Tom Cruise movie with a supernatural element. Yeah, and that's it. There's nothing great about it. Look, watching the 1999 mummy movie. Yeah. And watching all, so they did the they they did most of the seven plagues. Okay, yeah. the locusts and the blood the eclipse. Uh, yeah, the uh, three. It was actually supposed to be three days of darkness. Yeah, the meteor. complete darkness, not not just like oh, it's dark outside. I better get a better get a light. Yeah, the meteor shower. The darkness was supposed to last three days and was so dark that you can't see your hand in front of your face. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, the um, not the meteor shower. It was rain of fire. Uh-huh. Uh, it was um, and it, it wasn't. It was a hailstorm of fire. Yeah, not n- not meteors. Hail that was on fire. Um, I'm just seeing how it looked. Uh, lice, so pestilence. Yeah, the locusts. No, lice, frogs, locusts. Those are three of them. There's three different kinds. The uh, raining fire from the heavens. Uh-huh. The uh, the sandstorm is not part of it. Uh, the sandstorm was actually the lice and gnats. Okay. Um, I know it was the part where the mummy first gets, right when he gets awoken in 1999, um, the locusts come in and just fill up the whole place and they're crawling all over uh, the dad from uh, Jumanji. Yeah. And he's all, what have we done? Right. Yeah. Um, ten ten uh, biblical plagues. So, but the gist of what you're trying to say is at least that movie tried to incorporate a bunch of the the lore into it. Yeah, that's exactly what it did. Now, there's like I said, there's ten biblical plagues. The first plague was turning water into blood. The second was frogs. Uh-huh. The third was lice. So. That was, and that's. This goes in order of how the Bible is written. And that's funny because there's a reference in the 1999 movie, the part where uh, Rachel Weisz's character Evie, she knocks over all the library, and then the guy, the curator or whatever, he says, "Give me frogs, locusts, anything but you." Right. Right. So at least it's mentioned. The frogs right. Thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, he was part of the uh, the the Dark Order or whatever the fuck they called it. Yeah, the the Order set or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you have lice. So when the dust, uh, stretch out thy rod and smite the dust of the land that it may become lice throughout all of Egypt. That's the dust storm. Okay. Then you have a mixture. This says mixture of wild, of wild animals. What it actually means is not mixture. It's, it, you know, they, they actually um, <coughs> translated it. The fourth plague of Egypt was of creatures capable of harming people and livestock. The Torah emphasizes uh, the Arab meaning mixture or swarm. Uh-huh. So they have mixture of wild animals, and it actually should be swarm of wild animals. They need yeah. to fix that. And they had the uh, the only one I could think of in, in the 99 movie was the scarabs. Yeah, but that's not, it only came against the Egypts, Egyptians. It didn't affect the Jews, uh, the Israelites. Pharaoh asked Moses to remove this plague and promised to allow the Israelites freedom. Um, the root meaning mixture, implying a diversity array or wild assortment of harmful animals, wolves, coyotes, Things of that nature, jackals, right? Yeah, uh, snakes, scorpion snakes, arthropods, reptiles, things like that. The fifth one was diseased livestock. So your horses, donkeys, camels, sheep, cattle, goats, anything. The sixth one was boils. Yeah, they had that when Imhotep took over and had everyone marching for him. Right. Then yeah, it was that that was all the the boils and the right. The thunderstorm of hail was the seventh one. Mm-hmm. which is, I have raised you upon this for this very purpose. Um, I will send the worst hailstorm that's ever fallen on Egypt from the day it was founded till now. Give an order now to bring your livestock and everything you have in the field to, to a place of shelter, um, blah, 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 blah. It was the worst storm in all the land of Egypt since it had become a nation. The eighth one was locusts. Then, darkness for three days. Yeah, which in the movie, I guess it pretty much was the eclipse. Right. No one could see anyone else or leave his place for three days. That was Exodus. And then the 10th one, so nine was darkness. The 10th one is death of the firstborn, which is, you know, creeping death, the Metallica song. Uh-huh. The fir- every firstborn son in Egypt will die, from the firstborn son of the pharaoh to the firstborn of the slave girl who was at her handmill, and all of the firstborn cattle as well. All are equal. 
There will be loud wailing throughout Egypt, worse than there has ever been or ever will be again. Before the final plague, God commanded Moses to inform the Israelites to mark lamb's blood above their door, Passover. That's where Passover comes from. And not suffer the destroyer to come into your house and smite you. All right. So that is the ten plagues. In this movie, nothing. They they skipped over that. Yeah. Which is fine because technically it's Egypt, you know. Yeah. But you could have brought an element of that with you, other than just the fucking sandstorm. Or or the and the uh, Af- was the African cave spider that they had. No, the uh, you mean the um, the Egyptian sand spider or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Fucking was that bit Jake Johnson? Yeah, turned him into an asshole. Yeah, I I can't remember. Um, camel spider. Camel. Sp- oh god, those things are fucking mean. No, they're not. I'm, they're docile. I'm, I'm talking about the way they look. They yeah, look fucking fucking mean. ugly. <laughs> Do you yeah, that's what they are. <laughs> you ever watched the episode of Fear Factor? I, I don't care. The dudes are eating them like popcorn. And the women can't handle it. And they're trying to eat. And there's this one, this lady puts one in her mouth and it sticks its fucking mandible out the side of her mouth. And, and she's like freaking out because this thing's trying to live. Hilarious. It's fucking hilarious. I know you're looking at me I, like I, that. I don't, but it's fucking hilarious. I don't care. It's it's not. I don't find that shit funny. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't care about reality shows. Reality shows aren't real. Look, I'm talking about a scene from one. I'm not I know, talking about I the entire but, thing. Uh, I want to get on with the fucking review. <laughs> Mr. Reed, the whole fucking plagues. Okay, let's yeah, go. Yeah, but that's, it's, it's, it's an, an explanation of the mummy from 1999 to this one. And in this one, they shouldn't have even called it the mummy. No. It should have been called something else so that there's a delineation, there's a difference between this movie and all the other movies that are called the mummy. Yeah. Yeah, you can put a date next to it, but who gives a shit? Might as well have just called it Cruise to God. Yeah. <laughs> Pardon the pun. Cruise control. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Cruise Reacher's God. What? I, I'm just being dumb. Jack Reacher. Cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I, just, I, I know. <laughs> I got the two good ones in. <laughs> Sorry, I stole them. But, A cruise of the Mediterranean? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I know we're gonna eventually get into like our 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 ideas for the for the. Uh, no worry, but yeah, but and I I I already have a cooler idea. I mean, well, I will say this: the discovery of the of the tomb was kind of cool, um, but it never stayed anywhere long enough to do anything. It just boom, 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 boom. Like it was like, let's just get Tom Cruise and you know, let's get. We him. need to get him to London, yeah, so that way. We can introduce Dr. Jekyll. Yeah. Which, again, another character that is useless and not needed. No. You, I you, mean, look, I, I appreciate Russell Crowe giving his all on it, you know, having fun with it, but it still, it it didn't need to be there the way it was put in. It felt like, like I don't want to use, I hate using the word, but shoehorned in a way. It was completely shoehorned, <laughs> especially when she was trying to get him to go see Dr. Jekyll. Oh, I have somebody that may help us. Yeah. And, and, look, and, and he's like, when Tom's like, I don't want to. I have to run. Yeah. I must run. Yeah. And then the pointless fucking love story again. I uh, Look, I, I can kind of appreciate the fact that they already got the sex out of the way because they already had their one night stand. So at least we don't have to have that build up. And But then they did it in any way with, oh, I've always loved you. And fuck it. What the fuck? They've known each other for a fucking week. I've always loved you. I always cared about you. Well, they knew each other longer than that, but. 
It was like they had just Still. met. Him. Yeah, and then he stole. The, fuck it. Anyway, forced. It's forced. I look. I, yeah, he steals a map from her, and then she shows up at the same place. Yeah, knowing that he was going to do that in the first place. Yeah, you know, and then we get this handwritten note from the map. You know, you know, regards Henry or whatever. <laughs> regarding Henry. Yeah, but that's what he said. He said regards Henry. Regarding Indy. And. And they they also brought up the Indiana Jones thing, the preserver of of artifacts or whatever they said. Okay, you know. Oh, the procurer. No, to preserve to preserve cultural artifacts or some shit like that. We're ah. not thieves. We yeah yeah yeah. It's pretty much we're preservers of yeah. We're we're it we're stealing in a museum. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're stealing a line from Indiana Jones. Top men. Yeah. Now, the whole the whole issue with this movie is from the get go. You know, you, and you brought up the very first thing, which was, what happened? How, how did his if it was buried under dirt? How did the nose get destroyed? Yeah, it was real simple, the airstrike. But it didn't look like it. it Appearance-wise, it didn't look like it, it was done there. It looked like it had already been that way for a long, long time. No, it didn't. So, but that's regardless. That's <laughs> how the nose got destroyed. And the other thing is, is that over time, things decay, especially when they're buried in dirt. Yeah, but if you notice that things like like stone that are buried in dirt, they last longer than out in the elements with the wind blowing. Right. You know, and fucking them up. So it would have been, you know, I can understand the notion. It's been buried for 5,000 years, and it's the weakest point of a statue. Fine. It's it's not a big thing. I know it's not a big thing. It just, to me, it looked like it was... It was useless. It looked like it was buried with the nose already gone. That's pretty much what it looked like. And it could me. have been anyways. Yeah, I... But again, why why is this shit buried underground, you know? Because it's a tomb. Yeah. And I, they did it like a thousand miles away in Iraq. And they made it set in Iraq because then you could bring the Americans in, right? Because it's modern times and we're in Iraq right was now. Was it in Iraq? Yeah. That's where the that's where the tomb was buried. It okay. was in Iraq. Yeah. And so now now you have the white you know, you have the, the, the white hero you know, fucking connection, right? The white American hero connection. Because, sure. you know, we're in Iraq. Right. Sure. We're not in fucking Syria or Saudi Arabia, which is closer to Egypt. We're, we're, we're actually there too, but okay. No, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. I don't know what I mean. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. So that's how they, they did all the connections. And I, it got something similar in a way with how I would connect my, my mummy movie. But um, I think, in my opinion, mine's, mine's cooler than how they did it. Like, it's, oh, well, you know, but, since, uh, since we're still got people in, in you know, Iraq and We're not there yet. So, <laughs> no, no, I'm not getting into that. I'm just saying I got something cooler. Cooler connection. What is that? I'm, so. It's a game. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, 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 look, and this movie does have some cool elements to it. I, I like the fact that the, they, the Mercury thing. I don't know if that's been used before, but that was, I, I like that. I thought that was a cool idea where the tomb is full of Mercury so that, you know, it keeps uh, the mummy weakened. Yeah, I don't know where they got that. But I, I like that. I, you know, I like the production design. You know, I even like the way the mummies looked. You know, the mummies. I, uh, I, I thought they looked creepy, but that's that's like the extent of the creepiness with this movie. Like, no, nothing else was creepy to me at all. Like, uh, oh, the multiplying irises. You know, who gives a shit about that? Whoop do you fucking do? Uh, and. Uh, and anything else. This movie, The Mummy was considered to be like the scariest film of its time back in the 30s. And I, I can understand from desensitization over the decades that that's not scary anymore. But 
this movie doesn't even feel like it's trying to be scary, you know, except for the parts where she sucks, you know, she sucks the, 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 the life force out of the cops and then turns them into mummies. Yeah, like three of them. Yeah. That's it. But it was like, uh, and also the fact that she's not already, she's not prisoner yet, but yet they, they, because of plot, they purposely have her not suck, suck the life force out of the last person until she's locked up. What? So you have that dramatic moment where she breaks free and she's got full power now. You lost me. She's what out are you the, talking about? Okay, you notice how like she gets the three cops and she sucks the life force out of them. Yeah, she's then, in the she's a, she's at the church. Yeah, and now she's almost fully formed, but she's not completely fully formed yet. She's not, you know, right. She's not at full power yet. It, that seemed forced to me because it was like, dude, you're in fucking England. It's full of people. She would have had someone before this all, you know, before she got to that. It it it's that convenience of plot thing, you know, to make it more. Dramatic. No. Ah, but anyway. No, because she she landed, she crash landed the plane there. Yeah, so she could be at the church to get the dagger. Yeah, but the dagger was missing the jewel. I I, I understand that. What I'm saying is that I think that there would have been more people around, so she would have become the full on mummy because there would have been enough people for her to suck the soul out of before she got captured. Well. They explained it away in a couple of things, which was the two cops, when they arrived, uh-huh. said, this is not the main crash site. This is the extended crash site. Yeah. So the main crash site is a couple miles down the road. Yeah, it's spread over two miles or something. Yeah. So while they were investigating the main crash site, this one had very little people at it because you don't want to disturb anything. So you investigate the main and then you backtrack, right? Yeah. So I, I forgive that. There wasn't a lot of people there. My problem with this whole thing, when you're talking about the church, is the fact that the guy radioed in and said, I found bodies. Uh. There's bodies here, which means that there would be an immediate response. Yeah. And people would be showing up as the whole fight begins. Yeah. Okay. I did like the fact that Tom Cruise kept kind of time t- time traveling. Yeah. Uh. You know, so he would end up in one spot and then stop and then end up in another spot. Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. That was cool. But my, again, with, with this movie, it, when they're in the church, okay, and that whole fight is going on, you have the, let's just call them what they are, zombies. You have the zombies because you got to have zombies. Yeah. Well, it, it works for the mummy, so it's fine. <laughs> um, you got... What would have been better is if instead of sucking their souls, mm. sucking the life out of them, she, to to gain their power, to, to, to regenerate, is that they would slowly decompose yeah. while she's pulling the power from them, but she's controlling them like a hive mind. Yeah. You know, which would have been fucking even more dreadful. Oh, because I remember when we watched uh, last year, the World of Warcraft. Right, or just the Warcraft movie, right? Where the bad guy was, the way he would suck their souls out of them, their life force out of them. It right. was creepy how they did that. Um, but I mean, I know it was like instantaneous, but they still kind of did a slowdown with it so you could see what it was doing. It, but you're right. The, with this one, it, it, I think that would have been creepier. If yeah, they, it would have been a lot more creepier. So she's controlling these people and she's using them yeah. for their life, but you know, they, they don't know what's going on. They're being controlled. Yeah. And as as they chase after Tom Cruise, 
bits and pieces of them are falling off. Yeah. You know, which gives it a more horrific look. Yeah. And this is also a PG-13 movie. Yeah. You, no, you, you can't do that. If you're going to make a movie that has horror beyond human comprehension, <laughs> you better go full fucking R. Yeah. Because it, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the rating. Yeah. If it's good, people will go see it. And I will give you one prime example. Deadpool. Yeah. People wanted to see it because we were given the chance to watch a small vignette where Ryan Reynolds did the whole basically beginning of Deadpool. Yeah. Getting off topic. If they if they would have done that with the mummy, instead of going after this this garbage the mummy nineteen ninety nine slash Indiana Jones type of thing. Yeah. You know? This movie could have been way better. Yeah. And then you slowly see her start to reform. And the more people that she has under her control, so you have all, so when you have the people after they've said, "Hey, we found bodies," yeah. boom, you have more people showing up, and then you have more people under her control. Yeah, right. Yeah, she never. Which means hoard. she regenerates faster. Yeah, you know, and then they bring more people in. And you tell two people, and they tell two people. <laughs> yeah, right. And then now you have Tom Cruise running for his life, and 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 then running from what else? <laughs> his life, <laughs> Scientology. His gay thoughts, but then he looks at she Annabelle and she goes, "I know a place, right?" And now we're getting into the whole. I'll what, take uh, you there. Yeah, <laughs> I know a place. Uh, let, I'm sorry. Let me. Yeah, no, it, it was perfect. <laughs> and she takes him to the Prodigium. Yeah, right where they meet Doctor Jekyll. But we're getting off subject. I mean, we're getting into a what if thing. And yeah, it was, it's not a review. What if? You know. In, instead of what we got, which was him jumping into a car and him being the chosen, yeah, and and the mummy's not going to obviously once that once that's explained, there is no there is no um, fear, yeah, there is no concern for Tom Cruise's character because you know he's not going to die. He's indestructible. Yeah. So why the fuck am I watching this movie? <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, well, that's that's why the love interest is there for you to fear for her. Who cares? Because he's exactly who fucking cares? But that's it is what it is, right? None of these characters mean anything, and the, they and just show up on the screen. It's like yeah, we're, we're supposed to know or care about these characters because they show up because something happened off screen. Oh yeah, I think the only side character besides Jake Johnson and and the mummy and and the love interest chick was uh, Courtney B. Vance as the you know the general who lasted all of five minutes. Yeah, he was there for like fucking 10, 15 minutes of the movie, and then he was gone. Yeah, then he died. Yeah, he did. So he did. <laughs> I almost did. Was the brother man report from uh, the Family Guy? The news report. Blackie. I can't remember his the name. The Blackie Weatherman. I can't remember. Ollie. It gonna rain. No, Ollie Williams. Chunky. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Made me cough. All right. Did you check your GCBIP settings? <laughs> Some things, some things, the simplest shit. It's the fucking most funny, hilarious, man. I love it. But yeah, it's this. Well, yeah, you're right. The, the, there's no fear with this movie. You know how it's gonna fucking end. I mean, well, there is that twist, but you you still vert, pretty much know how it's gonna end. He's not going to die, right? Cruz is not gonna die. He's gonna find the get the upper hand by the end, right? And then his love interest is not gonna die. You know, and and everyone else who who gives a shit about right because no one's presented properly anyway. No one no one gets any you know like talk time or anything. Can you name me more than the actors? Let, let me name me the actors in the movie. That, Russell Crowe. You get Tom Cruise, 
Sophia Butella, Annabelle Wallace, who's the love interest, uh, Jake Johnson, Courtney B. Vance, and Russell Crowe. There's no one else in this movie that has really any dialogue. Oh, there's the flashback to the dad in, in Egypt. For, Whoopee. Yeah. And then there's the guy that works for Russell Crowe that's in England in the tomb that gets killed. He gets a couple of lines of dialogue on the f- cell phone, right? I don't remember him. He's the one that's supposed to watch over the gem while it's in the tomb of knights in England. And then all of a sudden, uh, the. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. See? It's forgetful, right? It, it didn't even matter. It, there's no one else that really had dialogue in this movie. It was all just those people I just named off, and that's right. it. Uh, this is a cruise movie. <laughs> Fucking straight up. It's all cruise all the yeah. time. It's Mission Impossible all over again without Simon Pegg and Ving Rames. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. Just it, interchangeable characters. Again, you, you, it starts off with knowing nothing about the character. And the movie continues on, and you still know nothing about the character. Yeah. And I'm talking about Tom Cruise's character, other than he has been chosen. Yeah. Big fucking whoop. And he's risky. Oh. He, he takes risks. Oh, he's a treasure hunter. And he's witty. He's a treasure hunter. Yeah. Um, I texted you something very interesting <laughs> after we saw the movie. Did you? Oh, wait. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk about that for a second. Now. Um, yeah, the, 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 the Nick Morton thing. Now. I, I tried to look up an anagram for Nick Morton, but yeah. there is actually a guy named Nick Morton yeah. who is an archaeologist, by the way. You call this archaeology? Okay. Ready for this? Yeah. Quote, unquote, he is like the coming of a sudden storm conveying chaos and disorder. That was from uh, a PDF thing that I read about a thesis on Bram Stoker's Dracula. Set is the god of chaos, storms, and disorder. Nick Morton is, for all intents and purposes, a vampire. And the reason why I'm going to tell you that is this. He embodies Set, or Set embodies him, one mm-hmm. or the other. He is the first of his order. There is also the Egyptian version. This is also the Egyptian version of Cain and Abel, ah. wherein Cain becomes the first vampire. Those deceitful fucks, those screenwriters are scholarly fucking nerds. Now, that was the research that they did into this really surprised me. Uh-huh. And I'm bringing this up because if you look at Set as a as a god, Set is Cain. Okay, mm-hmm. comparing Egyptian and biblical, these it's the same story. Yeah, it's cursed. Set kills his brother Horus and pulls out his eye. By the way, I think it's Horus. I have to. I better look it up before I start off. Set uh, and Horus. Yeah, Set and Horus. Um, their names are just fucking weird. Um, now, all these tales are, are, are originate from hieroglyphics, right? Yeah. Yeah, Set is the god of desert storms, disorder, violence, and foreigners in ancient Egyptian religion. Um, he was the lord of... Uh, Set had a vital role as a reconciled combatant. He was lord of the red, desert land, where he was the balance to Horus's role as the lord of the black, which is the soil land. In Egyptian mythology, Set is portrayed as a usurper who killed and mutilated his own brother Osiris. I'm sorry. So he kills his brother Osiris. Osiris's wife Isis resembled Osiris, reassembled Osiris's corpse and resurrected him long enough to fuck him to conceive his son, their, the heir Horus. So, so fuck you and die. Yeah. <laughs> Horus sought revenge upon Seth and the myths described their conflicts. The Osiris myth is a prominent theme in Egyptian mythology. All right. So... If you if you take out the whole necrophilia thing, yeah, and right. the revenge the revenge thing for Horus, yeah, Set kills Osiris, Cain kills Abel, okay, yeah, 
Cain is is cursed to wander the land in darkness, drink blood, vampire. Yeah. Okay. Basically the same thing with Set. Okay. And if you look at one of the last things that happens with Tom Cruise yeah. when he yells at her to wake up, he gets all fangy. Yeah. Fang face, right? And it reminded me of the way uh uh, Luke Evans looked in Dracula and Toll. Exactly. So, with the exception of the fact that he can't wander the land, he can wander the land at any time, means that he may not exactly be a vampire. He may be a werewolf. Mm-hmm. But I'm going with vampire on this one because that's where I initially said it. All yeah. right? No pun intended. But Tom Cruise has turned into Dracula. The Daywalker. For all intents and purposes. Okay? Yeah. He is a vampire. Not necessarily Dracula, but a vampire. And the first of his kind, because he is also set. <laughs> okay? Does that make sense? Pardon the pun again, yeah. No, he, he not, there was no putt. There was no putt. There was the, no pun. The unintentional pun. There was no unintentional pun. He is set. Yeah, he's set up as that. No, he is set. Mm-hmm. The god. Yeah, I know. Not set up as no fucking stupid puns, no nothing else. All right. Tom Cruise is the god set. Uh-huh. Which makes him the first vampire, technically, okay? Mm-hmm. If you want to go through that whole Cain and Abel argument and whatever else. So fuck it's you, the Luke same, Evans. It's the same fucking story. All right, so fuck you, Luke Evans. Right. So told don't mean shit. technically the next story would be for Horace to return to seek revenge upon Tom Cruise or Set or whoever it is, uh-huh. right? So what? He'd have a piece of paper and it'd be his set list. Stop it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm the pontificator. I know it's your. your five, I've, I I want to stab you in your chest. <laughs> that was a good one. Why does it look like uh, set has a window washer? Looks like, like a, a, he has a squeegee. It, his face, his head looks like a hand, like a hand, like in the shape of like yeah. a, a, a a hand puppet. <laughs> See, <laughs> there you go. Like shadow puppet. Um, but yeah, he has a window squeegee. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Just a dollar, man. That's all I need is a dollar. How about three, Ferry? Hey, I got a golden voice. That was probably the only good thing about this whole movie. Yeah. We got we, we sat through two hours for thirty seconds of real good not history but Yeah. Um actual effort put put in the story. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Where where it, you know, um the 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 uh, is it the underlying tone or uh-huh. I don't know what you exactly call it the unwritten written, the unwritten part of the movie which uh-huh. was with Tom Cruise being who he is that took a lot of research yeah. and throwing things together and going oh shit this is going to be and we do this and we can set this up and blah 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 yeah other than that this movie yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's not worth buying on DVD it's not worth it's not worth it. Yeah, look, I, and I we got into that whole thing about you know pirating movies and stuff like that, and they wonder why we we don't want to you know pay for movies or watch them on TV. I wouldn't pay twenty bucks for this movie. To no. own. Um it's bad enough. I already spent twelve bucks on it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind spending six bucks like a matinee. Well, matinees aren't even fucking six bucks anymore. Matinees are now like eight or nine bucks. Yeah. Well, thanks for saving me two dollars. Fuck. Thanks, face. Donald Trump. <laughs> so. <laughs> so yeah. It, you know what? I don't. I don't mind owning the the nineteen ninety nine mummy uh, on blue or on DVD because it's it's a every few years it's a it's a entertaining fun movie. It's it's not you never take it too seriously. 
it, it's just fun. It's goofy. It's there's parts that make you laugh, and it it's fun. This movie is not. There's a couple laugh laughable scenes that that are funny, but all in all, it just feels like it's trying to be way too many things at once, and none of them pay off. You know, when yeah, it's all you, said and done, you, you're throwing too many elements into this whole into this whole fucking cereal bowl of of the mummy and you expect it all to kind of come together with your little Tom Cruise milk. Oh yeah, and then you show some you show some glass cases full of uh, you know vampire head skulls and and you know they've already done that shit in Hellboy and fucking other other movies, you know, I that's not enough to, you know, make this create this whole to, to start off this whole universe. I, we already said it, it's been shoehorned. And because they were already going to do this before. So I you know with uh Dracula Untold. They're like, oh, it, it, it fucking reminds me of DC. Stay focused. I know. It just, it, I'm all over the place, but it reminds me of like DC when they, you know, I think uh, uh, theory wise or whatever you want to call it, Green Lantern was, you know, if it was, if it had been way more successful than it was, because it, it was just successful enough to make, make its right, money but, back. I, I want to focus. That's what it's showing. I'm trying to lead back to the, to the company, Universal. It's, they they keep fucking up and then they want to do start over again. All you all you had to do is just go again. back to Dracula Untold. It's yeah. real simple. Or even the Wolfman with Benicio del Toro. <laughs> you know. What I, if, yeah. What if that had been successful and they decided to make that the start? But they wouldn't have. Eh, I, I, but it when did matter. it come out? Two thousand ten. Yeah, they, they wouldn't have. Yeah. So I. But it doesn't matter. It because this is all last minute. So I can't remember who. I, oh, I was listening to uh, it's Eric Nagel. They were talking about the Mummy as well. And this is all last minute bullshit where, oh, hey, DC's doing it. Yeah. Marvel's real successful at yeah, it. Even Transformers is starting to do it. Yeah. Uh, let's let's follow suit and make our own dark universe. Yeah. You know? And the problem is, is that they've got some great fucking writers. They've got <clears throat> Noah Hawley who is overseeing the dark universe stuff. Uh-huh. You know? So I don't know what the fuck is going on if he came in at the last minute before everything. I think he did. Because also... Um Writers were announced at the last minute. Uh, I think that they had three directors on the film before it was all said and done. Like they had two guys that they either. I'm not talking about the mummy. I'm talking about last minute, as in they just did it after the mummy. I know, but I'm just saying it all leads to incomplete planning. Yeah, you know, desperate planning. So they bring in Noah Hawley, who can do Fargo. You know. Yeah. And and Joss Whedon, everything. (laughs) No. Save the day. No. Because Joss Whedon didn't save the day with fucking Age of Ultron, and he certainly ain't saving the day with Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And just like everything else that he worked on, he either abandons or gives up on Buffy, Firefly. I don't think he gave up on Buffy. That ran its course. Uh, he pretty much gave up Nine on seasons it. or something. Yeah, nine. <clears throat> but then again, I mean, you have... It was successful, but again, it starts to wane after X amount of seasons. Mm-hmm. Whereas, unlike Fargo... Again, Joss Whedon is not the savior of all. He does some good things and some bad you're, things. You're, you're, you're leading too much into that, man. You're reading too much into it. I, not, I just used him as an example. But Yeah, but the example is horrible. Ah, you should have used Kevin Feige. My point being is... Well, Noah Hawley isn't going to write everything. You think He's, he's gonna... the overseer, just like he, he's, the, he's the showrunner. So, well, I don't think he was the overseer for this movie. No, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that they brought him in at the last minute... Just now, yeah. like within a few months before this movie was released to public, because they saw what this fucking piece of shit was and went, this is not what we signed on. Alex Kurtman and Robert Orsi are the guys responsible for the Transformers. 
Uh-huh. Think about that. They also did Fringe. Yeah. And Star Trek. Yeah. So they they do Fringe, which was not bad. I think they also did um, Alias. I, was thinking, I think they worked. Oh, that's J.J. Abrams. So you're probably right. Yeah, that's they're all J.J. Abrams also did Fringe. Yeah, just like Lindelof was part of with him for a while too. But Orsi and Kurtzman did like the first Transformers movie, which was good. Yeah. Uh-huh. But after that, you know, they were more script consultants than anything else. Uh-huh. And some of the stuff that they did was really good. This isn't Alex Kurtzman fucking directs this movie. Robert Orsi was involved with and it. Like and I, like I mentioned, dude, th- about the directors. They had two different directors on this movie before Kurtzman came in and did it. I mean, they, they already, I think they, like someone, like creative differences quit. And then another one quit like partially in the starting of the filming. It's because, for whatever reason, I don't remember what the reasons are. But that shows me, um, you know, that shows me turmoil on the set. If you're going to have, have to keep selling, you know, trying another director, another director. Right. So I, I don't, I can't really blame Kurtzman for this. No. Because it seems like he came in at the last minute, like like Kevin Smith with uh, Cop Out. Yeah, Kurtzman and Orsi were, uh, started off with Hercules' The Legendary Journeys. Um, they had to produce, uh, oh, then they then they uh, were asked to rewrite Michael Bay's The Island, <laughs> which was a terrible movie. No, it wasn't very good. Uh, then they wrote Transformers and Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Yeah. Of those three, those three films together made one point seven billion dollars, dude. Yeah, I know. And, well, there's plenty of turds out there that made money, dude. And then they worked. Uh, then they did 2009 Star Trek, which was amazing. It was awesome. With J.J. Abrams, they also created the series Fringe. Fringe was not bad for the most part. But Kurtzman only served as a consulting producer on the show for the remainder of its run. Um, the Island, The Legend of Zorro, Mission Impossible Three. So they've already worked with Tom Cruise, Transformers, Eagle Eye, Watchmen, uh, uncredited script polish, Star Trek, Revenge of the Fallen, The Proposal, Cowboys and Aliens. There you go. People I never like liked us. that movie. Star Trek Into Darkness. Uh, now You See Me, Ender's Game. Eh. Well, they didn't write that. The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Meh. <laughs> the Brothers Grimsby. Oh, it was just a special thanks. Now You See Me 2, The Mummy, and they're in pre-production on Bride of Frankenstein, but they didn't write it. So... Um, but the Jonathan Spates, Jenny Lumet, or Lumet, David Kep, Christopher yeah. McCory, and Dylan Cussman. Yeah, he was involved with Alias. Uh, passengers. There we go. Oh, Jonathan Spates was the guy that wrote Prometheus. Ah. The original Prometheus. Okay. Yeah. Where it was more alien. That's the one that that was released to uh, before Damon <laughs> Lindelof got his fucking grubby hands on it. <laughs> Thank you, Damon. So Spates is a good writer. The problem is is that you had like seven mm-hmm. different fucking writers. Oh, they're going to be doing a remake of Black Hole. So Jonathan Spates is working on a remake of the Black Hole. We but, already had that. We had Interstellar. No. <laughs> Rachel getting married. Don't let me leave, Murph. You still haven't seen Interstellar, have you? No. Damn you. Jenny Lumet or... Lumet. Sydney Lumet. Yeah, that's her dad. The daughter of the director. Is, a of a screen, is an actress and screenwriter for her award-winning screenplay, Rachel Getting Married. The film was directed by Jonathan Demme. Oh, okay. So she's done one thing. Mm-hmm. We know who David Kep is. Christopher McQuarrie, who looks like Paul Feig. David Kep to himself. Uh, Christopher McQuarrie worked on Mission Impossible, The Way of the Gun, Jack Reacher. Uh, produced Valkyrie and Edge of Tomorrow. So he's got a good Resume? Past. Yeah. 
Dylan Cussman was in Dead Poet Society. Um, Next to The Way of the Gun. Let's see. Flight. The Steps. And he, Which is the, the Sully prequel. Yeah. <laughs> the, the... Ooh, The Matador. They, oh, wait, never mind. That's yeah. a TV show. The strength of the people that they have writing the story yeah. tells me that the people that were writing the story that got credit for the story didn't write the story. Yeah. Someone else wrote the story. They did last second punch up. Yeah. And got credit for it. one, two, three, four, five, plus Orsi and Kurt. It's kind of suck, man. If you put any work whatsoever into something and you don't get any credit for it, that, that fucking sucks. Yeah, but you get paid for it, so who cares? I don't have to get paid. I mean, yeah. Here's your money. Write a script. Sure. Okay. Fucking mouth. Okay. I don't, I don't know how it works behind the scenes. You know more about this shit than I do. Yeah. Here's your money. Write a script. So who cares if your name's not in the credits? If you get fired, you get fired. You got paid for it. And sometimes it's a lot of fucking money. Here is, hey, I need you to write a script. Here's $100,000. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How long? Oh, six months. All right. What? what? Yeah. Take six months. Okay. Three days later. Here's your script. (laughs) (laughs) But my point is, is that with the power that they have with those people to write in the scripts, you would think that they would have had a fucking better movie, but no, too many hands in the cookie jar. And they rushed to get it all done. Yeah. And and what they should have done was they should have just taken Spates and a couple of others, Spates and Caps, and maybe Christopher McQuarrie, but basically Spates, and let him just do his thing and then go from there. Yeah. But they try to please everybody at once, and you can see it because they made it a PG-13 movie. Yeah. Sorry. You can't have a mummy be a PG-13 movie. And I had this idea recently when we were sitting in the theater of – what if a new trend that's going to start happening is where they'll start making, um, you know how like when they make R-rated movies and they'll purposely do um, PG-related takes of the same scenes, so they'll, they'll, they'll they won't use fuck. They'll say, you know, darn it, darn it, or freak or whatever, right? What if they do the same, start doing the same thing for movies, where they'll they'll every certain kinds of movies will always have an R and a PG-13 version. Sony Sony's already doing that. So that I well. Yeah, but I mentioned that before it was announced, didn't I? No, but they've been working on it for like three years. So well, I didn't just because hear. just because you've thought of it doesn't mean it isn't happening. Well, it's whatever. been going on for years. But it hasn't happened yet. No, it's been going on for years. It's been going on for 40 years. Not in theaters. Yeah. How often do you see two versions of the same movie released in theaters at the same time? You don't. That's what I mean. That's what I'm trying but to say. But they are. They aren't, but they are. What, is uh, that? what the fuck does that mean? Um, airplanes. Okay. Airplanes get releases of new movies and they're cut to shit. Okay, but I'm I'm talking about like for for theatrical like like say if you go to I'm the movies, telling you like say you go to the movies now the, these aren't they're, we're not talking fucking already out on home video we're talking first run like say like when you go to the movies and you say regular or 3D right well instead it's PG thirteen or R they're already doing that I haven't seen that yeah that's why they have them on airplanes not airplanes I'm not talking about airplanes airplanes is a, is a small thing I'm talking about actual theaters. The theater-going experience. Yeah, they do it in uh, Utah. Okay, so but I'm saying it's not a regular thing yet. It is a regular thing. They have been fucking doing this. They've been editing. Sony's been editing movies. 90% of the, of the studios have been editing movies for content for airplanes for 40 years or more. Okay, but not as mainstream moviegoers. 
That's what I'm saying. Yes, as so mainstream like, moviegoers, they edit it. Dude, the movies, just because you don't see it in a theater doesn't mean that it's not being shown on an airplane flying over okay, you. Because they I, do get first run. Okay, what I'm trying to get at is they'll start doing this in all theaters, all theaters, where they'll do a PG-13 and an R nope. version. No, they won't. You I know can why? See, I can see that as a trend, but They all right. won't. You know why? Why? First and foremost, people won't spend the money for two different movies. Secondly... The actors have a lot of say in pulling this, and they're already pissed off the fact that Sony is trying to do this with VOD and selling it, you know, giving two different versions. Yeah. Uh, and, and putting them on, like, and reselling the rights. The actors' union is having a fucking fit about this. Well, we do it for airplanes. We've been doing this. Well, fuck you. The, we've got to draw the line somewhere. Yeah. You know, and what you're doing is you're taking someone's art, art you know, artistic creativity. And you're fucking with it. And then you're not giving them the option to uh, go in and see what you're doing. You're just doing it. So it's not going to work. All right. Well, I, Hollywood's trendy, man. I could totally see them doing this. Trying it out, at least. They've been doing it for years. It's just they haven't released them both in the theaters. And it's not going to happen because of artist input. Okay, but you do notice that even if a movie just comes out as PG-13 and you have people complaining afterwards, not when they're promoting the movie because you don't want to say anything negative about something when you're promoting it, but after it's all said and done, like say when Dan Aykroyd didn't talk shit about Ghostbusters until after everything was all done with it. He was all blowing it up nice and big when before it came out and when it came out. But now yeah. he's talking shit. Yeah, because once it's done, who cares? Yeah, same thing. It, it no one, you know, if you bring out, uh, you don't hear the the actors usually complaining about their movies being dumbed down to a PG thirteen when it should have been the R director's cut, like it's you know, like it was. What, what do you want? You want them to come out and say, "Don't go see this movie." Well, that's what I mean. It. So if they do the two thing version, they're not. I don't going think anyone's going to gonna complain about that until afterwards. No, they're not going to. There's that would be stepping on their own dick. You put out one. That's it. You don't compete with yourself. That's fucking stupid. It's a bad there's, business decision. There's a lot of stupid things that go on, though, in Hollywood. Not that stupid. <laughs> I know you didn't call me stupid, but it sounded like because of your fucking your delivery. Not that stupid. Yeah, I know. It, <laughs> it, it was not directed at you. I they know. don't do... They do stupid things. They just don't do fucking business stupid. All right. I'm just... I'm trying to see if I'm noticing a trend, and I, I, I predict a trend. No. Well, your your trend is wrong. All right. We'll see. It ain't going to happen. I will see. I, I There is nothing to see. They're not going to do it because it's competing with themselves. Why the fuck would you, as a business person, release two different versions of a movie into theaters for whatever reason? Please, please explain that to me. Well, because the customer's always right, right? No. So if you have a guy saying, I'm no, not going to take my kids to go see an Joe, R-rated movie. Stop, stop, stop. First and foremost, stop. What the fuck? first and foremost, Hollywood doesn't give a fuck about the customer. So saying the customer is always right is the first failure of this whole thing right there. Take that out of the, take, take that complete phrase and thinking out of this whole thing. Fuck the customer. Fine. How about misguided direction? Now, now you have something. The customer's always right. Fuck off with that shit. <laughs> the customer's not right. Okay, the misreading of what they think would be successful for themselves. How the fuck? Why the fuck would they do that? Because they always try something different. They don't try the right thing. They always try something different. That, That's stupid. I agree. That's like opening up a Starbucks right across from a Starbucks. I've seen that. I've fucking seen yeah, it. Yeah, it, it's right here in Auburn. 
<laughs> on either side of the road. Yeah. It's kind of genius, <laughs> but it's going to fail ultimately gonna, because you have a Starbucks right across the street from a Starbucks. It we got it uh, in North Highlands. We have a fucking a Safeway with a Starbucks in it, and in the same parking lot is a fucking Starbucks. Yeah, hilarious. It's fucking dumb. Yeah, it's a bad. Di- it, it's it's like the the Walmart thing. Mm-hmm. Have a Walmart every five miles or seven miles. It's like seven point three miles. Oh yeah, where I live, I can get to I can get to six different WalMarts in ten minutes or less. Yep, it's going to backfire. You can have there are fifty states. Well, there's going to be fifty one states here soon. Yeah, there are fifty states currently <laughs> to date ourselves. There are forty two hundred Walmart stores. Okay, that's what ten stores per state. 100 stores per state. Mm. There's a little less than that. It's it's 80 stores per state. Okay? That's bullshit. You don't need 80 fucking stores per state. That's the same thing with movies. Now, this is this is more microcosm because you don't release the same movie with two different things because you're competing with yourself. You, you, that's just... That makes no sense. When you could release the, your, first, your first run, which would be, let's say... In 2,400 theaters, uh-huh. okay, or what? however fucking many theaters they... Let's just say 2,000. In 2,000 theaters, right? They can gauge how the movie's doing. And if the movie's doing well, you pull that you pull that print after it's run, you're like, oh, let's put out the PG run and see what happens with that. But really, you don't want to do that. You want to do that for a limited run, you know, just for the fuck of it as a test to see if that's going to work. Because they also do it with the DVDs. They... Like, live free or die hard. Yeah. They have the two different versions. They have the unrated version, and then they have the rated version. Yeah. So what's the point? They don't even need to do that when they can put both versions on the DVD, charge you 20 bucks, make 10 bucks per DVD, when really it only costs them a dollar, right? Yeah. So now they're making $19 per DVD. You know, okay, so $15 per DVD with everything said and done, but truthfully it's less than that. <clears throat> so business-wise, it makes no sense to release both versions at once at the same in the same theaters. However, what gets me is this. There are how many movie theaters in the United States? Let's say 20,000. I think you're right. I think it's like 13. <clears throat> 39,356 indoor screens on 5,463 sites and 656 drive-in screens. Okay, so there's 5,000 movie theaters, <clears throat> actual theaters. There's more than 5,000 theaters. I have seen I somewhere... Believe, I can't believe there's that many fucking drive-ins still. Yeah. Um, I have seen somewhere in the realm of 30,000 movie theaters. Actual locations, yeah. different buildings. Yeah. I, I don't know. It could be screens, too. So the the number that I'm seeing is is a lot more than five thousand. All right. Well, regardless if it's stupid oh, or not, hold on. I predict. Let me finish. That they'll try this. They'll they're, test it. They're not going to do it. It's fucking dumb. Even if one is like the like say if the PG thirteen is the normal run, they'll they'll have a special R rated version just 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 to test the waters. They're not going to do it. It's fucking stupid to release the same movie. In the theaters with another with another version. Well, they already do stupid things. <coughs> so this is I, I predict this stupid thing. No, they're not fucking retarded businessmen. They're stupid. They have sucked the soul out of the system. I'll tell you that. Yeah, but they're not fucking retarded. You don't step on your own dick when you're doing this stuff. That's what it comes down to. 
and they're not going to do it. They may release it for a short run and then re-release it with a different rating to see if it gets better results. But that's it makes no sense. It makes no business sense to do that. Uh, all right, so let's just say there's 39,000 screens, 40,000 screens, 5,400 sites. And I've seen that number somewhere in the in the 10,000 range. There's more than 5,400. It's like double that. Maybe they're foreclosing like houses. Now, we're, see, look, Regal Entertainment operates 500 locations. You're telling me that Regal Entertainment operates one-tenth of the fucking movie theaters out there? 10%? Yeah, no. I'm sorry. Well, it says they're in 39 states, so yeah. I mean that spreads it out. Yeah, bullshit. It's the the, the numbers are wrong. Yeah, whatever. The numbers are wrong by half. There's somewhere around 10,000, somewhere between 10 and 12,000 movie theaters. Yeah, doesn't the tower only have one or two screens? Yeah, you don't you didn't see the tower on there, so there's one right there. <laughs> <clears throat> there's something like 10,000 movie theaters or 12,000 movie theaters in the United States. Okay, they are releasing movies. Why, the, when the movies go wide, to f- three or 4,000 screens. Yeah. I think actually the biggest screen ever was Jurassic Park at 3,500, but I think there's one other out there that has been released to 4,000 Yeah, screens. I've seen, there's there's something that's come out to 4,000. I can't remember what it was. So, and it may, it may be Jurassic World. It was recent too, so yeah. within the last couple of years. My point is this. Why the fuck are you not taking advantage of releasing your movie into every single cinema out there. If there you didn't see Quentin Tarantino's movie chain on there or movie theater, mm-hmm. you know. So there's two, there's Tower, there's Quentin Tarantino's. Mm. And then you didn't see the one that was up in fucking Bangor, Maine that the guy's trying to sell. <laughs> there's three right there which has state of the art digital and everything else. Yeah. So, if you were a theater or not a theater, if you were a studio and you said, "Hey, Mr. Theater Owner, I understand you have one screen. We want you to do first run of our movie every night at 7 o'clock or whatever, and we'll let you keep the first week's receipts, and then after that we'll work out a rental deal because we want to get into as many theaters as possible. Mm -hmm. Instead of the short-term thinking, which is, well, we're not in as many theaters as possible, but we're only in one-tenth of the screens available. Yeah. One-tenth of the screens that are available, quote-unquote. That makes no sense. Monetarily, you're fucking yourself. So what you're doing is you're basically hammering the theater chains who have who have the audience, and you're dictating to them the policies instead of saying, hey, let's work together and make a fuck ton of money, instead of saying, well, we're just going to take all the money that you make off of the 4,000 screens, and you can deal with the rest of it. Mm-hmm. That's a bad business decision too, but they're not that stupid. Oh yeah, because they also know that in two or three months they are they're gonna start making money on streaming and and home video and shit. Mm-hmm. They don't really care. Short term thinking, which is what we've always said. Yeah. Anyways, what do you? Let's uh, look up our whatever. <laughs> our predictions. Yeah. All right. Uh, if I had to guess, I would say my prediction for the Mummy would have been twenty five. I can't remember what I did, but I think nope, forty five. I gave it a seventy three. Damn. As of today, twenty-eight, which is the twelfth uh, of of June, it is seventeen percent. Seventeen percent. Yes, it started off at like twenty-three percent or something, and it's slowly been dropping with more 
uh, reviews coming out. Well, I'm sorry, from known <laughs> critics. You gave Baywatch an 82. <laughs> Baywatch, Baywatch, I think, is at like a f- 13. Yeah. You know what my prediction for Baywatch was? Yeah, three. Three. Yeah, you fucking win. Good, good. Clap for you. Yeah. I'm winning. <laughs> Cars 3 is getting on that average right now. 69, 65. Yeah, it's getting around there. 65, I think it's at. Yeah. We, we Right now it is. Most of the stuff we just fuck with, we yeah. actually know what it's going to be, but yeah, we, we're predicting. Like I, And I'm gonna, I have to keep emphasizing this. It's not what I think of uh, my personal opinion of what I think the movie is, is going to be for me. I that's This is my prediction based off of what the critics are going to say about it. Mine is my personal prediction. So when I say a movie is going to be 62, that's what I think the Rotten Tomatoes indicator is going to be is that 62% of the critics out there like that movie. Not, not me. Not that the movie is actually going to be a 62 out of 100. It, it, you know, it, does that make sense? Because Rotten Tomatoes... Is doesn't fucking fully make sense. So my prediction shouldn't make sense as well. That makes sense. Yeah. You know <laughs> why are you explaining it to me? It's funny. So yeah, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean got fucking way less than that too. Yeah. I think Pirates is at like uh, thirty something. Yeah. I win. <laughs> the next movie is Rough Night, but um, I gave this movie a four, four and a half. We were at the theater. You were at like a six. Yeah. But after after looking at all the stuff. Yeah. And realizing that this is not a mummy movie. I I liked it. I mean, I had fun watching it. I wasn't bored. Yeah. But it's not a mummy movie. It's a Tom Cruise movie with supernatural elements. Yeah. A mummy movie Mm -hmm. would be having something to do with, you know, a mummy being on screen like 99. Not even that. You don't have to have the mummy be on screen at all. Yeah. It could just be, you know, the overwhelming... Uh, uh, forces of evil, right? Yeah. the The problem with the movie is that it's not about the mummy. Whereas it, you know, if you don't have a if you have a mummy movie without the mummy, the whole idea would be to stop the mummy. Yeah. Or or the forces of evil trying to make a mummy, right? Yeah. You know, so you could still have a mummy movie. Yeah, and then at the end it doesn't you necessarily see mean, the mummy. Yeah, or you could have a fucking army of mummies. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Right? That's the, the they they're all red herrings until the big bad guy shows up. Yeah. You know, you have to have a boss fight, which is dumb. <laughs> but this this movie is not like that at all. It's just it's all Tom Cruise. It's set up. Yeah, it, it's not even a good setup. Yeah. Yeah, it's set up. So uh, this week, uh, I'm only doing a uh, flick of the week. I'll make it quick because we, we're long on the tooth on this fucker. Oh, yeah. Um, I went. I saw... I'm, this is a movie I've been putting off for a little while. Um, it's called Southpaw. It is 2015 boxing film that is uh, directed by Antoine Fakua. Uh, Fakua. It is written by Kurt Sutter, who created Sons of Anarchy. Uh-huh. Um, and it stars Jake Gyllenhaal um, uh-huh. as a character named as a boxer, a heavyweight, or I'm sorry, a lightweight boxing champion uh, named Billy the Great Hope. His last name's Hope. Billy Hope. The so, Great White Hype. Yeah, but they don't put white in there. They just put the Great, right? So he's the Great Hope. Great Hope. And uh, he's from the slums of New York. And his wife, who's been with him his whole life, played by Rachel McAdams. Isn't this uh, based on a true story? I don't think so. I didn't read into it, but. Regardless, this movie has a 60% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, um, and 
a lot of people have said this movie is excellent, and I've heard like you know secondhand that this movie should have gotten way more exposure than it did. Uh, you know, it, it's awesome. It's just as good as Rocky. Blah 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 blah. All right. Well, <laughs> after seeing this movie on Netflix, it is not. It, it it doesn't suck. Don't get me wrong. The movie does not suck, but the problem is this: the movie tries to use all those elements that were presented in the Rocky films, and then rushes through them for this film. So you have the, you know, the 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 boxer who's the champ, who now has a, a family tragedy, and then he loses everything, and then he's got a he finally has to build himself up after he's hit rock bottom, and then he he runs into an old coach who doesn't want to coach anymore, but he decides that he's going to help coach him, right? And then, <laughs> and then he builds himself back up, and then by the end of the movie, everything's going his way again. He's the champ again. Blah blah blah. That's this movie in a nutshell problem is is that you it rushes through all those things so you don't get to connect as deeply with anyone in this movie that you would have say when you're watching a rocky film i don't give a fuck how cheesy you get part five aside you connect to rocky and the other characters in those movies you just do unless you're a shitty critic so um his wife is played by uh, rachel mcadams and she's only in the movie for the first uh, maybe half hour I don't want to give away what happens to her character, but she's the family tragedy, right? Um, she gets deaded. Now, there's a, there's now thank God for this. I will say this: there's something happens to her character where um, it's directly involved with the 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 up and coming um, contender who's always confronting uh, Gyllenhaal's character at conventions and other shit, you know, threatening him and, and talking shit, trying to get his goat, right? Trying to um, get him into another fight, right? And it's because of this guy that his wife ends up, you know, biting the bullet. So uh, the rest of the movie is of Gyllenhaal practically just suffering. And this is what I call bullshit on, is that this guy's fucking loaded. But in the span of what the movie presents is like a month or two after his wife goes, he loses everything he loses his house his fucking cars it all of his money everything his manager played by well here it is right here billy begins abusing alcohol and drugs while obsessively searching for hector eventually gets a tip of hector's whereabouts but only finds hector's drug addicted wife and leaves learning after learning hector yeah they make it all look like all this all happened in the span of a week it it, it's it's horseshit and and it, it just doesn't play out right because it just keeps showing him suffering and losing all of this stuff, his daughter fucking hates him, and and then he's got to like rebuild himself and 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 make his daughter love him again because she blames him for the mom dying and 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 then he's got to you know montage it through and and you know it's and, a montage and it just it doesn't the movie look it's watchable it's definitely watchable and Gyllenhaal sells his character very well but it's still there's nothing new about the movie. It it doesn't it just grabs all those things like I said from from a bunch of Rocky movies and tries to cram it all into one film and it doesn't work. It, it it's not enough time. It, it just everything feels rushed through and cut. You know, everyone turning their back on him. Right. All that happens immediately. You know, um, it just I think this could have worked better if they had slowed down and and just I don't know told it better, or maybe not even told it at all because. How many more movies can you see that try to copy Rocky and then don't even come close? Yep. That's this movie. This this movie to me, I'd probably end up giving like a a six out of ten. You know, it, it's just you know, there's some elements, but that's it. Otherwise, there's just bullshit. Now, I am glad for one thing though. 
because I kept waiting for this to happen at near the end of the movie. I kept waiting for them to find out, you know, like the, the guy who actually ended up killing his wife in this brawl that happens. I thought they were going to do this thing where, oh, this guy got caught or he confessed and now, you know, justice has been served or, or he gets to go take this guy out real quick, right? Get his own personal justice. Some cliche thing that they do with a lot of movies that have this premise, right? They didn't do that with this movie. Instead, it was more realistic where it never gets solved what happened to his wife. And it, and that, and it wasn't really that important anyway. It was just him overcoming all of his loss to finally get back on top again. So that I can appreciate. I'm glad they didn't go off into the fucking, you know, four brothers route or something, you know. So that's cool. I'll give a props for that. But otherwise, rush through. Rush, rush through too much shit. So that is, uh, but you, hey, you get to technically watch it for free on Netflix. So there's Southpaw for you. Yay. All right. All right. Uh, before we end, a uh, couple of cool things that we saw was uh, we saw the, the Black Panther teaser trailer, which was pretty cool. Uh, problem is, is that Thor Ragnarok has set the bar too high for trailers and nothing is competing. I don't care how cool some of, uh, uh, Black Panther looks and, and, and you know, uh, Andy Serkis as, as Ulysses Claw is fucking amazing. I love it. He just, he's hamming up the scene, right? That he's in. Uh-huh. I could see you in there, you know, with the fucking South African accent, which I still need to practice on. South African. South African. <laughs> you motherfucker. You, you black motherfucker. Um, Why well, do you have to go there? Because I'm taking it off of a uh, diplomatic community. Someone who said that shit. Um, so yeah. Anyway, it it looks so it looks good, man. I, I but you know, like I said, Thor Ragnarok set the bar too high. Yep. Um, Cannonball Run. They're gonna try to do a remake of that shit. Oh, sis, they've been trying to do a remake <laughs> of this, dude. We talked about this years ago. Uh huh. Yeah, and, we did. You know. Yeah. We're ahead of the curve. Yeah. They got the guy who directed. I'm just going to say we're ahead of the curve. I'm not saying that people are listening. Yeah. But we're ahead of the curve. Yeah. And the, they, they got the guy who directed the completely forgettable Central Intelligence movie. Which I saw year. like 3% of. Yeah. Like a couple of days ago. Uh-huh. And the actual, there's an actual good scene that really made me want to watch the movie mm-hmm. where Kevin Hart is getting ready for work. Yeah. And he's talking to Dwayne Johnson. They're in their house. Yeah. And like three CIA agents come to the door and just fucking walk right in. Oh, and he, he's like the trust me scene. You like trust me, right? I I I don't know if it was a trust me scene or not, but you know, Kevin Kevin Hart's like, excuse me, what are you doing? This is my house. Get mm-hmm. the fuck out, right? Yeah. You know, and they're not they're not paying attention. And he's like, but he's not being like a loud jerk off. Yeah. He's just being he he's being a little manic. Yeah. But he's like, this is my house. Hello. Yeah. You know, like anybody else would do. And he was really good in that. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because they keep fucking putting him in shitty movies. Yeah. Central Television, it's it's entertaining, but at the end of it all, it's still forgettable. I don't yeah. remember really anything about it. Yeah. It's watchable, but forgettable. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the guy who directed that is going to be doing this uh, Cannibal. Re- re- Supposedly. Uh, and Thomas Lennon is one of the writers that's in talks to be a co-writer with it. Yeah. Thomas Lennon's a very good comedic writer, but... Every time you write something, it always gets fucking... Somebody punishes him. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, the Flatliners trailer came out, Ugh. and this one is is to most people it looks like it would be a remake, but it's supposed to be from what we read in the uh, like about a year ago. It's supposed to have some. It's supposed to be like a sequel with new doctors, and Kiefer Sutherland's supposed to show up. Blah 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 blah. Right. The 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 whole trailer with Ellen Page looks exactly like a, just a a um a less dark copy 
of the the original film from 1990. Uh-huh. And the only reason why he wanted to bring this up was because it started playing this fucking this intentionally creepy music, but it, it ends up becoming um hilarious to me because of how stupid it sounds. Like <laughs> what did I say? It was like but fucking uh what was it, it was a birth watching me or yeah. some shit like that, right? It was like, like what the All f- I could hear is them singing birds watching me, oh, I must die or something. Birds like and that. the monkey. Yeah. Or something like that, right? And <laughs> just keep saying it in the background it just Birds and the Monkey. It was like a failure. I, I think Birds it was that, and the monkey. That's funnier to me than than all the shit they're making fun of with the uh the the Great Train murder or whatever, right? What was it called? Orient Express. Murder the, on the yeah. Orient Express. I don't the Great Train Murdery. The Great Train Murder. <laughs> Murdery. <laughs> <laughs> the Great Trainee Murder. Yeah. <laughs> they swap murders. The Great Tranny Murder. Crisscross. <laughs> um but yeah, it Crisscross. So yeah, it's just uh, it looks the trailer is nothing special. I'm not interested in seeing the new Flatliners movie because of it. All right. Uh, and then, uh, did you want to talk about the Ghostbusters thing? Yeah, supposedly um, after all the hoopla has died down after Dan Aykroyd, Dan Aykroyd basically said, and it wasn't that big of a deal that the movie reshoots. Now he is a producer on the movie. Yeah. So he would know how much it's going to cost. Yeah, because that's the point of being a producer. Right. Um, he wasn't happy with the way it ultimately came out. Um, Kevin Feig did his own thing. I don't think that he is going to be directing the sequel. Uh-huh. But there is a sequel. You mean Paul Feig? I said Kevin, didn't I? Yeah. I meant Paul. It's an easy mix-up. There's a sequel supposedly in the works where two of the teams are going to, the old team and the new team are going to get together. Yeah. And I can see that happening. The problem is, is that Harold Ramis is gone. Mm-hmm. And Bill Murray doesn't want to do it, so yeah. Here's the issue: <laughs> if you're gonna do it, you can you could do it. Max Landis did a rewrite, did a did a script treatment for mm-hmm. Ghostbusters three, yeah, which combines East Coast and West Coast type of thing. You got to read it. Go to, go to Max Landis writes and check out his Ghostbusters three treatment script treatment. Uh-huh. Some of it's cheesy, but a lot of it's really really good. Okay, and um. That's where I got the idea for the pitch, to bring it back, to bring back Idea Men. Yeah. Because I, I think it's better just to put out a decent, you know, first, second, third paragraph. Yeah. And go into some detail, not as much detail as I went <laughs> today, but regardless. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> that's the rumor going around, is that Ghostbusters, the, new, the sequel to this Ghostbusters will be a com- combination of the two teams. So we'll see what happens. The problem is, is that they've already made it look like it's it's its own separate universe. Because with the with the uh, you know make the call movie, yeah, but you yeah. know, because you had Ernie Hudson, you had Sigourney Weaver, you had Dan Aykroyd, you had Bill Murray in it, 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 and they all play completely different characters. So, as far as you know, I've already told you my theory. I on know, that. but they didn't do that, and it, it, for them to go back on that and then change it now, they wouldn't be- change anything. You don't know the characters' names. One's uh, driving a cab. The other one is Winston. You know the other one's fucking Winston Zedmore. So shut up. Uh, oh, by the way, shut we, up. We don't want to mention this before. Why do they need to mention it before? But we've already done this. We just thought you could handle it by yourselves this time. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 no. It, no, we have to f- we have to go through every single fucking detail of every fucking movie, and explain every character that's ever cr- ever appeared in every movie. It has nothing, nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Nothing. Sounds like it. No, 
But we already established that those people aren't, aren't no, the original never, characters. Anymore. No, it didn't. It did not. When the fuck was Sigourney Weaver a scientist? How do you know that she couldn't have been... She she couldn't have changed careers. And her kid is this thirty five to forty year old woman, or what was her niece or whatever, when she was a single lady with with two twin sons. What Oscars? What the fuck are you talking about? What I'm trying to say is that's not that's not um, Dana Barrett's character that Sigourney Weaver is playing. How do you know? Because why couldn't she have changed careers after after being in music? Because that's not possible. No. Okay. You're full of shit. But you don't okay. go into being a lifelong musician into becoming a scientist. How do you know? That's stretching it. No, it's not. Music is math. I, I, I call bullshit, man. You don't. But we don't know anything about Dana Bear's character or her likes or dislikes. We know she likes scientists. So how do you know that she doesn't have a background in science as well as music? Look, regardless, the movie, the, the fucking make the call movie, fuck and it up doesn't everything. have to be fucking Dana Barrett anyways. Sigourney Weaver could actually. There are you know doppelgangers of us walking around. Look, I say if you're going to have the cast from Make the Call in this one, then you need to take them from a different fucking parallel world or something. Nope. You're wrong. You're wrong. You can't backtrack and then say fucking by the way. You're not backtracking. Yeah, you are because they were those actors already made the appearances in the movie. Doesn't matter. You didn't fucking name them other than for 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 Bill Murray's character who died. It's just like with the fucking no nope. Gandalf thing. No. In fucking the Hobbit, in in the Desolation of Smaug, it it, oh oh there's Sauron oh oh yet fucking no it, when it's already been established in in Fellowship of the Ring that you didn't know fucking nothing about it it can't it just that's not true in the Fellowship of the Rings he did know and he didn't say it was Sauron it was the it was the the fucking evil or wizard or whatever an, it was he had an idea right of the ultimate evil. And that's actually written in the Cimmerillion, which was taken as an aside from The Hobbit. So it's all it's all concurrent. It's everything that happened in in the movie actually was written about in the books. In, in the books, yes, but not with the way the movies establish things. That's what I'm trying to get at. Okay, Ghostbusters for them, whatever, dude. <laughs> if you do it right, you can do it right. Just because you saw Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, and Sigourney Weaver in the first movie doesn't mean that those characters and Ernie Hudson, you fucking racist, and and Ernie Hudson, the racist, doesn't mean that these characters can exist. I already told you my theory. I know. It, it just anyway, whatever. <laughs> and, and the other thing is this. It doesn't. She doesn't necessarily have to be a scientist to know about trapping ghosts. That movie could so, be just a a proxy. That movie's so fucking mediocre anyway that it should it should dictate how the rest of the series goes anyway. Exactly. I, I don't give a shit. So fuck that movie. All right. <laughs> so next up on uh, Cinescape movie reviews, uh, we will be talking about the party film Rough Night, starring Scarlett Johansson, and the cliched. Uh, uh, what was her name Jamie Bell or whatever the fuck her name is? What's her name? I don't know. She was in fucking. Uh, she was a tweaker fucking teacher in uh, in uh, Fist Fight. I don't know. God damn it. Her name doesn't matter. Jillian Bell. That's the actress's name. Like how quickly I found that. God damn right. Great. I got like a fucking Rolodex in front of me. That's wonderful. Vamp it for time. <laughs> so we'll be talking about Rough Night. We'll let you know how that film is and whatever else pops into our head. Yeah, and we're gonna be doing the pitch on party movies. All right, so uh, you know me, you know him. Bye-bye. Get We're, the fuck out. Yeah. Deuces. Good show. Jolly.
Jolly good show! Jolly good show indeed! Hakuna Matata, bitches! This is the Cinescape Movie Podcast. We thank you for listening to the show. And if you have any questions or comments, you can email us or tweet us. My handle is at Joe Spiegel underscore Joe. My handle. That's what I call it, my handle. You can tweet me at. You can send me a tweet at. Tweet me at. You can follow me. Fuck off. All right. Yeah, follow. You can you know, follow me or tweet me at. Send a tweet to. All right. Follow. Follow would be better. You can follow me on tweet, t- Twitter. You can Twitter me. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Spiegel underscore Joe. And for me, it is at. What about you? MPS 5150 because I make it easy. Yeah, you do. Well, that's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. And please remember, share the podcast. Hey, hey, hey. What is it, Joe? Yeah. You see that little button over there? Yeah. Yes. All you what do button? The little share button. Which button is that? It says share. Sometimes it's a little arrow that goes in a circle. Regardless, it's there. Or more. So share. Share. Share that podcast. Click that shit. <laughs> it's simple. Please. We put we do put some work into this. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not as much as we should. But still, all you have to do is click the share button. Yeah. Click anything that says share. Like on our movie reviews, there's a Facebook share and a Google Plus. Pick one. We Sp- prefer Facebook, but you know. Spread the love. Help us grow. Spread the love, and we will spread our legs open for you. No, we won't. I take showers. Well, what is that one? Show the balls? <laughs> open your balls. Open your balls. <laughs> shower, yeah. Share, share, share the show. Share the hell out of it. <laughs> share. Give her some love. I sound like little Nick. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs> this is the end. It's the end. Benito! The end, I tell you! We're all going to nibble the dust! Or go fuck yourself. Peace. <laughs>